Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. With the countdown to the Cheltenham Festival well and truly on, in fact, this day, two weeks... Tiapu will have absolutely bolted up in the stairs hurdle at Cheltenham. And a lot of joy will have caused an upset in winning the mayor's hurdle. <laughs> Early predictions. Uh, you can hear the Cheltenham novice hurdle thoughts from Paul Ferguson and myself in a special edition of the show that comes out tomorrow, Friday. Also, if you have not purchased the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide yet, good news. Five pounds gravy train discount for loyal final furlong podcast listeners when you're on the weatherby site or the bet trend site enter the promo code final 23 lowercase final 23 and you get five pounds off either the book the digital copy or the bundle get the gravy and get involved it's an absolutely terrific publication uh, and really enjoy that also stable tour for cheltenham with henry de bromhead where we talk about the all about sunday horse watch house cross is it going to be the martin pipe is it going to be the carl cup i think you know at this point it's the carl cup uh, and Henry has some very bullish things to say. We also talk about uh, every one of his leading contenders for the Cheltenham Festival, and he's got some some very exciting horses, none more so, of course, than Honeysuckle and a Plutard. Uh, more notably, though, we're going to free- preview the weekend's action, and specifically the ITV races for Saturday. Uh, as usual on a Thursday, Timeform's Mark Milligan is here. Hello, Mark. Good afternoon. It's, it's not long now, is it? We're only about 10 days away to probably the greatest... Four days in, I'll say, I was going to say in jumps racing, but in racing as a whole, and the, the pulse is quickening, isn't it? We've got some we've got some competitive stuff to look at this weekend. It's not the highest class, is it? But we've got some, some good stuff to go through. It's a nice weekend's racing to whet the appetite for the excitement that is going to come at Cheltenham. That's probably the best way of putting it, I would say. Um, I'm liking, I'm looking forward to it. Some pretty decent racing, some racing that I'm looking forward to getting stuck into as well. Uh, and we're in good form. We had some nice winners last weekend. 
We've yet to land the Betak multiple, but it's coming, Betak! It's coming! Uh, and we've got a brand new guest on the show as well. A man who suffered a brutal injury, but thankfully is is recovering well. Uh, Chester Chester Williams, welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast. It is great to have your company today. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's great to be part of it. I've been a listener for many years, so um, you know, it's nice to be on. And um, you know, hopefully I'll find a winner or two. Oh, I'm very confident that you will be providing winners for us. No pressure, Chester. But the question I have to ask is what's on everybody's lips. How is your recovery from the injury going? Yeah, the recovery is going really well. And um, no, I can't complain. I've been, no, really, since, since I mean, to me, it seems really slow. Um, but everyone I see thinks that it's gone remarkably quickly and I've improved more than they they thought I would do in the time that I've been, the time it's been. So no, no massive complaints and I'm being able to do more every day really. So that's a good thing. That's brilliant. You have an incredibly positive outlook on life and, and I, I really love that and greatly admire it. You're made of a much sterner stuff than I am, but it's great to get your insight. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Uh, and perhaps you'll, you'll put Lizzie Kelly to shame on the show. Perhaps you'll be able to absolutely completely outperform her most recent tipping performance on the pod. Well, I hope so, because she very much outperformed me in her riding career. So maybe in the tipping, I'll be able to get one back. <laughs> to be fair, to be that's very true. I got a, I got a great message from Lizzie uh, only during the week saying, where do I go on a bookmaker's site for anti-post betting? Mm. Which I, I, I texted her back instantly going, I'm so glad you asked that, because if you were easily navigating the betting sites as a former jockey everyone would just be like hang on a second you're a little bit too familiar with that not a, not a notion uh but no some... there's no chance of that i don't think we're lizzie <laughs> no but brilliant analyst uh, she was on racing tv today while, while i was on talk sport and um, looking forward to getting her, her cheltenham analysis as well uh but also very much looking forward to hearing what you have to say uh, we'll begin at kelso 115 live on itv two miles uh, five and a half furlongs as things stand. There's 13 in, but only 12 can run. So someone's going to have to go. And the going is good to soft. Shola Jack for the Skeletons is the seven to four favorite from Bill Baxter for Warren Greatrix and Sean Bone at fours. Uh, Castle Russian, Nikki Richards and Shawnee Quinlan, uh, five to one shot. And then after that, it's Mia Grace, uh, 10 to one shot. Mark, who are you looking at in the limited handicap chase to kick off proceedings? Yeah, there's a spoiler coming up here, basically, because if Dan Skelton has a good day at Kelso on Saturday, I'll have a good day, Uh-oh. put it that way. So there's a portent of things to come. And I think Charlotte Jack takes plenty of beating in here. He never really, his chasing career never really got started, did it? He? he was returning from a wind up in December at Utoxeter. Didn't get any further than the second there where he overjumped and ended up falling. But he was given 56 days off to recover from that, and he could hardly have won any easier at Lingfield last month. He absolutely dotted up. Um, Bizarrely, he'd started in a a novice handicap chase at Utoxeter where he fell off a mark of 129. Didn't get any further than the second fence, but the handicapper decided to drop him £4 for that. Oh, you've only completed two fences. Let's uh, we'll drop you four pounds. That's very as a handicapper myself, I find that very very strange. Uh, anyway, <laughs> by the by, he absolutely dotted up there. The handicapper has seen the error of his ways. He's put him up eleven pounds from that. I think he could still have plenty in hand from a mark of one three six. I think he's quite a smart chaser in the making, Sherlock Jack, and I think he takes plenty of beating in here. Chester, what about you? Um, yeah, well, I think the race result revolves around Charlotte Jack. Um, he was very impressive last time, and he he turned over a new leaf. It was a sort of it was a very good performance. But what I would say, it was a weak race, it, and you can't really you can't really be sure. He'd have to be very good to win this race with the weight he's now got. He's up eleven pounds from the other day, and um, he will have to be very good to um, to win. He could be very good, but we don't know that he is. And I think the horse I like is Castle Russian. Um, the the jumping is obviously a problem with him, and he was he was going easily when unseated last time out when uh, four out. But he is on the same mark as when he was second two runs ago in in another in a fairly good race as well. And he's always run to a a good level. 
And I think, no, two, mile, two miles four was when he was second. It's two miles six today on Saturday, when, um, which is ideal for him. Um, and it should suit him to step up and trip. And actually, I think he'll go close if he's if he's um, if he gets round. Which which is the question? But you are getting compensated with five to one with Bedak, and you've got Shawnee Quinlan on board as well. No offense to Brian Hughes, who is an absolute legend, obviously. Um, but Shawnee Quinlan is one of the most safest pair of hands in the business. I was very interested in Bill Baxter. Um, his best form would come left-handed. He has one on good to soft. You have to forgive the fall the last day. That's not ideal. Um, but I, I do see he's been supported. Uh, and Warren Greatrix has got a cracking record at the race course as well. A 36% strike rate there. So first race, and we're all going for different horses. Shola Jack for Mark, Castle Russian for Chester, and Bill Baxter for me. Um, I think I might be swayed, no offense, Mark, to Chester, who made a very, very strong argument there. But there's time for you to pull it back, Milligan. Time for you to pull it back, son. <laughs> As we move on to the more battle hurdle, uh, where McTeague is a fascinating runner for Emmett Mullins. Uh, you would imagine it will be the Boodles, uh, and whoever wins this race will be eligible for a £100,000 bonus at the Cheltenham Festival. So if McTeague does indeed win this race, and he's entered in several, including uh, the Carl Cup, which Watch House Cross is uh, very much uh, entered for, and that's our, our target, but the Boodles, Coral Cup, and the Triumph, and the Martin Pipe he's entered for. And uh, as the Triumph, he would have zero chance in, but he's very prominent in the betting for the other three handicaps, and very prominent here, the 9-2 to two favorite with Betdak. Uh, Le de Sud. Jester already knows my French pronunciations are. 11-2 uh, to two for the Skeletons. Uh, Colonel Mustard back over hurdles for Lorna Fowler. Uh, Kieran Buckley claims three, and the third-place finisher behind Statement in the county hurdle is a 6-1 to one shot. Teddy Blue, 6s. Uh, Cormier, 14s, with Shawnee Quinlan uh, for Brian Ellison, last year's winner. Uh, Chester, you take it away this time. Who do you like in the more battle? Um, I do like um, Colonel Manderson. Mustard. Not, not a clue, though. Colonel <laughs> Mustard. Uh, with the candlestick in the, the library. Yeah. Well, hopefully with the whip at Kelso. Um, <laughs> he, um, no, he... he he was third in the county hurdle, beaten three legs. That was a really good run. Um, off he's off only three pounds low. Is it was a madly competitive race, and obviously it was won by State Man. So um, he had very little chance of winning that. Um, it's hot. Like his his chase runs this year are haven't been ideal, but I think they're easy to ignore. So he doesn't look like a natural chaser. He's flatbred, and I think he's just the class act in this race. Um, he's hard to knock. And one at a price I thought was, I I couldn't can't rule out Tritonic. He ran okay in the Betfair hurdle. He's got dropped four pounds for that, and he his flat runs recently suggest he retains his ability. And he, I think at sort of twenty five to one, um, you know he could outrun his price, but it's hard to rule any out. Obviously, it's a, it's a very competitive race. It is. I, I like the shout for Tritonic, and I really like the shout for Colonel Mustard. Um, big fan of Lorna Fowler's, and um, it's very, very interesting that they've decided to go for this race. Uh, the more I looked at it, the more I, I came down on the side of Cormier, and it is more of a price factor than anything else. Uh, he won this off 134 last year. He's back down to 136 now, having been raised. They've kept him very busy. He's basically run everywhere. He's been on the flat. He's over hurdles. They've tried novice chasing the last two times. That did not go well. But he travelled up really well in the county hurdle at Cheltenham last year, then got bumped... Uh, when he found trouble along the rail coming to the last. He was beaten at the time, but that didn't help his finishing position. And he was a respectable seventh to statement there and ran a lot better in the Great Wood than his finishing position of being beaten 20 lengths would suggest. He finished sixth. That's his best run in the race in three attempts. There's no champion hurdle class horse like statement, or I like to move it in here. And at 12 to 1, he would be the each-way pick of the race for me. Uh, so Colonel Mustard, Tritonic, and, and Cormier would be uh, the ones that, that um, Chester and myself are putting forward. Mark, what about you? Are you going to agree with one of our three or put something completely different into the mix? I'm just going to keep it simple here, Emmett. And speaking of men called Emmett, do you remember two years ago, a horse called the Shunter? Oh, yes. How could we forget? Emmett Mullins, Emmett Mullins came over, won this race with the Shunter. McTeague, he's arguably more of a class act, I think, than the Shunter. This is a horse who was good enough to run in a Verton Futurity 
as a two-year-old for Jim Bolger, and he's a grade two winner in France over hurdles and just his second start over hurdles. That third start at, at Artoy, I think there was something wrong with him that day, so I'm prepared to put a line through that. He obviously was a bit out of his depth behind the likes of Lossiemouth and Nusret last time at Leopardstown. This just it's just got Emmett Mullins plot horse all over it for me. This this is a really classy horse. I also like the fact that he was a classy flat animal. He was time form rated 105 on the flat, and he made the frame in some really, really good handicaps in Ireland. Kelso is a track that rarely gets particularly testing. It's not a massive test of stamina. I think his flat speed will play well here, and I think he'll just be too quick for this mob, to be honest. I'm I'm all over McTeegan here. He's going to be my nap of the weekend. Yes, it's a competitive race, but I really, really fancy McTeegan here. Well, that Artoy run, the, the second one, can't have been right because he beat no. St. Donat's the time before on similar ground. According to the French, mm-hmm. it was heavy. Speaking, speaking of St. Donat's... He's, he's a 10-to-1 shot for the, tri- for the Triumph Hurdle. Yeah, worth noting, he's now time form rated 154. Whoa. And McTeague beat him. McTeague goes here off a mark of 142. Potentially could have a stern in hand. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, Emmett Mullins, of course, has only ever sent one runner over to Kelso, and that horse was the shunter, and indeed won. Uh, he'll be sending two, though, at the weekend, because he's got Fernalili. Let's go with that. Uh, 225 in the Premier Novices Hurdle, the Grade 2. Uh, Donna Myler on board and is currently a 4 to 1 shot with BetDAC, 0% commission. If you sign up now for the first 30 days, take advantage of that for Cheltenham. Uh, Neman Line for Kerry Lee is a 9 to 2 shot. Colonel Harry uh, for Jamie Snowden, who's got a cracking record at the track with Gavin Sheen on board, who's been having a great season. Uh, around about a 7 to 1 shot currently with uh, BetDAC and Anx Accidental Rebel uh, is 8 to 1 for Fergal O'Brien and Paddy Brennan. Uh, Chester, lead us off. Who do you like in the Grade 2 Premier Novices Hurdle? Um, I think I think the, a lot of this race was revolves around Farron Illy. Um, you know his his bumper run last time is probably the best best form and offer near enough, and um, he's not really a bad price. But it's it's impossible to judge how he's going to take to hurdling. He won a um, he's won his point to point. Um, so no, that that's positive for his jumping ability. But he is by getaway, and they do come hand to hand quite quickly. The getaways, so there's no real, there's no, we can't be sure that he's going to improve with time. And actually, he may have already shown his ability. Um, I like Nemean Lion. He was, it was a good run in the Tolworth. He was only beaten three legs, um, and he has the beating of Colonel Harry on that run. He was behind him that day. Um, I think Kelso is quite a sharp track. It's um, you know, you you go around three bends there, it, like as jump courses go, it is a sharp track, and I think that will suit him. He's obviously his next flat horse. He's probably got the best hurdles form and offer, and I think he's he's quite a fair price at sort of nine to two. Very good shout, very good shout indeed for the gelding by Golden Horn for Kerry Lee. Uh, but Mark, what about you? Yeah, I think this is a, a it's a trappy old race and. Uh, Chester made some good points about Ferranilli. I think anything that Emmett Mullins sends over, you've got to to treat with the utmost respect. But it's not not the easiest race to be making your hurdling debut in, is it? It's it's a, a competitive little affair. I came down on the side of another Dan Skelton horse, Ho Jolly Smoke, who I think the two runs he's had over hurdles today, both at Chepstow, I think they've just been a means to an end. He certainly wasn't given anything like a hard time last time when he was third, when he was dropping back to two miles. I think he's on a reasonable opening mark of 120. I think handicaps have been the plan all along for this one. He's only a five-year-old. He's a winning pointer. And he'll be suited by stepping back up in tricky shapes at Chepstow as if two miles was was a bare minimum for him. So I think stepping back up a couple of furlongs in trip will suit him here. He's around about eight or nine to one. He looks a handicap project to me, and I thought he was a decent bit of value in a trappy little race. 
Yeah, I covered that race on TalkSport that he ran in the last day. And I was quite bullish about him winning it. Um, I really liked that debut and I was just a little bit disappointed with him. But I've watched that race back several times. Doyen Star was really good. Real And full credit to Tony McCormick. He put him up on the day at 10 to 1. Um, and he's still got Cheltenham entries. And Evan Williams apparently thinks an awful lot of him. So that race might actually be worth an awful lot more than it looked at the time. Um, and, and I wouldn't be dismissive at all of, of Hojo Lee Smoke. That being said, uh, Colonel Harry was who I landed on. Um, took advantage of a big drop in class after finishing fourth in the Tallworth Hurdle in Grade 1 company when winning at Newcastle at the end of January under a penalty. The negative for him, in my mind, is he likes to dominate and there's going to be competition for the lead. Made all the last day and looked pretty damn good there and there was plenty more to come at the line. Jamie Snowden's got a 38% strike rate at the track. Gavin Sheehan, again, having a terrific season, 28% at Kelso. I thought he could run a big race. Um, so we're, we're all going in different directions there. Uh, Colonel Harry uh, for myself, Niman Line for Kerry Lee for, for Chester and uh, Ho Jolly Smoke uh, for Mark Milligan. We've got the TriCast, lads. We've got the TriCast sorted. Uh, the three o'clock is a handicap hurdle over two miles and five furlongs. Santos Blue heads the betting just about for that man, Dan Skelton, uh, having won his last two. He's a blue brezel and he's four to one with Betdak. Dance with the wind. Uh, five to one shot. Nelson having his first run after a wind up is sixes and man's glory for the good doctor. Uh, a seven to one shot. Chester, who do you like? I find this a really hard race to judge. Um, there are a lot of horses that have won worse races. Well, four or five horses that won the worst races last time out. And, um, and actually they're stepping up and you know, you're putting together sort of four, like a lot of horses that have won at a lower level. Um, I didn't particularly think there was an obvious bet, but if I had to go nail my colours to one, it would probably be Nell's son, who won the Premier Novice Hurdle on the meet- at the meeting last year. And he's been touch disappointing this season. But um, he ran he ran well in the on his last run in a good handicap at Cheltenham. No, he's been dropped two pounds for that. He's now four, four pounds below his best mark. Um and I just think he obviously handles the track well. He obviously handles the conditions well. Um, two more four won't be a problem for him. So if, if I had to, and he's proven up to, as as good enough for this level, um, whereas not lost, which is there aren't many horses in here that are proven to be good enough for this level. So he would be the one for me, but there wasn't an obvious bet for me in this race. Yeah, there wasn't an obvious bet for me either. I, I like dual course winner dance with the wind but it was a tentative selection I wouldn't be bullish um, Mark what about you yeah I was exactly the same as you two to be honest I wasn't overly enamoured with anything in the race from a, a betting point of view I did come down on Santos Blue just because he's only a six year old he's lightly raced he's progressive he gets on well with his amateur rider as well, Ben Sutton, who's ridden him to his last two wins. <laughs> I, to be honest, when I was going through the race earlier, I wasn't expecting him to be a joint favourite because he's up in grade. And that kind of just throws me off a little bit. But tentatively, I'm going to stick with Santos Blue, even though I don't think there's massive amounts of mileage in his price at the moment. Tricky old race, that one. Um, we're going to have a Grand National contender lining up in the 3.35, and the each-way options will be gone because Zanza is due to run at Newbury, so unless something really weird happens, um, he, he is declared for this, but his preferred engagement is Newbury, and we all know he absolutely loves that track, so we'll talk about him in a few minutes. Uh, Lamilos is the 15-8 to favourite for the Premier Listed Chase with Betdak, and it's all roads to the Grand National. The Shunter, winner on this card two years ago, 130 for Emmett Mullins and Donna Myler. Um, wishing and hoping for Mel Rowley, Alex Edwards, 13 years young now, uh, an 8-1 to one shot, an Empire Steel for Sandy Thompson is an 11-1 to one shot with Betdak as we record. Chester, lead us off again. Is this going to be a winning step to the Grand National for the Hennessy winner, Lamilas? I thought it was a really trappy little race and actually running to the mark, running to their mark will probably be enough to win if any horse is able to even do that. Um, Lumilos has been very good since he's joined um, Dan Scouted. And no, he obviously won the um, the the um, Ladbroke Gold Cup 
and that was no, that was really good form. You beat Remastered, who's won since, and no, but I would just fear that the Grand National was very much the aim, and they will have left plenty to work on. I'm certain, I'm sure more of that. The Grand National is definitely the aim to him, and I don't think they will have him ready to peak. And and it's only two miles seven and a half for him, which is on the short side. He's he's won at um, Bangor and. He obviously won the at Newbury, and that was three miles too. I just, I just fear that it, he'll find it all a bit sharp. And I think really the shunter is the one to go for in this race. Um, he's, uh, you know, there's a bit of a question mark, but he did run if he will stay. Um, really, that's his best form is all at two and two and a half. He obviously won the ball battle hurdle two years ago. Um, but he did run fairly well in the Galway plate when he was eighth, I think. And um, he relaxes well during his races. So he gives himself every chance of staying if he if there is a possibility. And obviously he handles the track. Two miles, seven and a half will be much more up his street than, um, than Lemilos. And he would be the one I would go for in this race. But yeah, I, I find it very, very, it's very trappy. And if he can run to his mark, he'll probably near enough win. Left-handed, undulating tracks bring out the best in him. He's run nine times at this time of year, winning twice and placing twice. There's a lot in the shunter's favour. Uh, Mark, what about you? Yeah, I was with Lemilos, but I think Chester's just about swayed me and, and changed my mind now because, yeah, I, I think that Chester made some really good points. The fact that this could well be a means to an end. He could well be over a trip that's slightly too short for him and on a tight track as well isn't yeah. it that's another thing to, to take mm-hmm. into account it's a it's a track that's not going to test stamina is it and if the shunter if he's going to get two miles seven furlongs anywhere he's going to get it here isn't he yes at kelso so yes uh, i yeah i'm with i'm with chester here he's he's swayed me i've, I've gone off the me and i'm now with i'm with the shunter You've swayed me as well. You've swayed me too. (laughs) So when Lamilos wins by 15 links, we'll all send angry WhatsApps. I had that all worked out. Uh, If you throw a dog a bone, you don't want to know how it tastes. Uh, I I like your reasoning and I'm going to follow you in as well. Uh, We'll switch to Doncaster for the handicap chase, which uh, kicks off our proceedings at at, uh, Doncaster because it's going to be live on ITV. Uh, Calico is the 7-4 favourite currently with Betdak, paid the piper for the Hamilton team, is a 3-1 shot. Uh, Excitations, I like this horse a lot, for Pam Sly and Sam Tristan Davis, 9-2. Chester, where are you leaning for the 130 for the handicap chase at Doncaster? Um, Well, Calico, obviously, last time he frightened John Bob was a really good run especially given his mark of, well, I think, 136. Um, but the question is, if it was, a, it was a true run, then what did he actually run to and what did he achieve that day? He might have achieved 150, he might have achieved 135. We just don't really know, given it was a true run the race. Um, he won easily at Southern off seven miles lower. And he, he does, obviously, he has an obvious chance, as the betting would suggest. I thought both paid the piper and excitations. They're both consistent, um, but... And they're both in good form, but I felt that both of them required a career best. And if I was going to go with one, I think Mackenberg, he ran badly last time, but that race may have come too soon. It was only two weeks after what was a hard race to Doncaster. Um, and that may have come too soon. He's won at Doncaster before. Um, and I think he ran really well in a course and distance race in January. And that was a strong race. Um, I know since Gal, he was second in that race. And it was a particularly strong race. Um, it was, uh, and I, I think that form will st- that form will stack up. Um, I think he he beat excitations in that race actually. And mm-hmm. if you can forgive him his bad run from last time, he's only one pound higher than when he last won. And I think it's worth. I think I think eight, eight or nine to one is too big for him really. Nine to one with Bedak for the champion jockey Brian Hughes and the genius that is Donald McCain. I'm liking that. No pressure, Mark Milligan. <laughs> um, this was a race that I really didn't have a particularly strong opinion on. Moving on! I think, Ch- <laughs> <laughs> I think Chester's exactly right. It's hard to know exactly what Calico achieved last time. He said he could have run to 155, he could have run to 135. At time form, we went kind of somewhere in the middle, pegged him around about 140. 
he's going to find this a, a different kettle of fish back in handicap company against some hard knocking characters. Tentatively, I landed on Pay the Piper. He's got top weight. Chester makes a really good point, but he's going to need a career best to win off top weight. But I think that's possible. He achieved a career best last time when he won at Musselburgh, and he won that really nicely there. So he's probably going to have to progress again, another couple of pounds. But I didn't think it was the deepest race to be doing it in. So tentatively, I was on Pay the Piper here. Yeah, I was tentatively on excitations because I was going back. Remember listening to, or interviewing, I should say, um, Brendan Powell Jr. Uh, about Elixir de Nuit or Elixir de Nuts. Because I really like that horse, and that form worked out really well. They they fought out the finish. They pulled miles clear uh, of everything else that day, and then on the same day, they both went on to win afterwards. Um, so the course experience. He loves going left-handed. He loves flat tracks. But you could say the exact same thing about Pay the Piper. And to be quite honest about it, uh, at the prices, Mackenberg at nines for Chester has just completely spun my head in that direction. So I'm flip-flopping there. Um, if if Sam Tristan Davis gets the job done, I'll kick myself afterwards. But that's my own fault if, if that's the case. Uh, and it's a pres- Don't let me spare you. Yeah, well, I don't know. No, you're, you're, you're talking but the talk right now. Chester's feet. Chester's feeling the pressure now, isn't he? Uh, I wasn't sweating before this, but I am now. Welcome to the final Furlong podcast, where I in particular just flip-flop at the last second. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go in with you, because 9 to 1, I think, is, is quite big. And I'll probably do the TriCast with Mark's horse, Pay the Piper, and, and Excitations, because I did like Pay the Piper beforehand, uh, for all that I was favouring Pam's horse. Uh, the 3.15 is the Grinthorpe Handicap Chase, over three miles and two furlongs. We get eight runners. Cooper's Cross... For the Coltar team, a 5-2 to two shot. Does he know? Really likeable horse, 3-1. to one. Castle Robin for the champion jockey Brian Hughes is 5s under supervision. For the Tristan Davises is 6-1 to one shot. Windsor Avenue at 10s. Sporting John, second run after a wind up. That's a Mark Milligan angle. Uh, Aidan Coleman on board, 11-1. to one. Neville's Cross, 20s. And the outside of the field is Modor at 25s. Chester, who do you like? I think Cooper's Cross is, is very hard to get away from. He won a strong sky bet chase. He's only five pounds higher today. He's improving with every run. He's going the right way and he's very solid in a race which is full of not very solid horses. Um, though does he know I'm not convinced this is enough for stamina test. He was, he's not really a particularly quick course and, um, no, he, I can see his entered for the Midlands National. I would say that's much more his cup of tea. And he won at Cheltenham over three miles three. So I'd just be fearful this is too much of a speed test for him. Um, I, I, Sporting John, he's very well handicapped, but he just doesn't seem to enjoy chasing. Um, and if you, if you don't enjoy chasing, Doncaster is a really stiff jumping test, actually. So if you don't ensure chasing, it's not the place you want to be going. And he ran he ran very poorly at Ascot two weeks ago over the fences. So I mean they must he must be showing something at home to so they they keep persevering with this. But yeah, I just find it very hard to get away from Cooper Cross. I think he's 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 head and shoulders clear of the rest really on all he's done so far. That's a bullish, bullish shout, but why wouldn't it be? Um, and I would echo that about Sporting John. I backed Sporting John at Ascot. Oh, dear. Uh, very talented horse on his day. Maybe he'll bounce back. Gets first-time blinkers as well. That could spark a revival. Um, what about you, Mark? Yeah, I, I had a slight doubt, as Chester does with, does he know, over the three-mile, two furlongs on good ground at Doncaster. But conversely, I think that good ground will help him in terms of having to give weight away. And he's the class act in here for me. If you take him out, this is essentially just a 0 to 140 handicap. Yep. And he's a classier animal than that. He's way classier than that. He was behind the likes of Zanza and Hitman last time when he was third in the Denman at Newbury. I think he can give weight away to these. I think he's got a big, big class edge in here. I think... Yes, he may be better with a slightly stiffer test of stamina, but conversely, the fact that this isn't necessarily going to test stamina that much will enable him to carry 12 stone around and give the weight away. 
I'd much rather be with a classier animal higher in the weights in this sort of race than go for one lower down that needs to prove it can run faster to beat a horse of does he knows caliber. So I was with him in here. I think he's got a class edge despite the fact he has to give weight away. I had a tentative selection for a horse that you wouldn't like at all then, Mark, under that scenario and Castle Robin, course winner. Um, there's a lot in his favour in terms of the profile for the race, but he would need to take a pretty big step forward and I wanted a bigger price than we're getting. So uh, Cooper's Crosser, does he know? It's your choice. Uh, Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The 210 is the seniors' handicap hurdle. How dare you? Uh, the granny for Harry Derham. Go on, Harry. I think Harry's going to have a winner on Friday. He's going up against the JP long odds on shot, but four of a kind is a horse we talked about with Harry in the stable tour before his training career even began. And he ran a cracker on his debut for him. I think he can outrun his odds tomorrow. Um, But anyway, by the time you're listening to this, maybe he's already won or maybe he fell at the back of the telly. But it would be brilliant for Harry to win a big Saturday race. And he's got a chance here with Paul O'Brien on board. 7-2 to with Betta currently at JBY for Alan King and Tom Cannon. 6-1, to same price for Locks Corner for the O'Neill team. Uh, Pylon is also a 7-1 to shot. What's up with you? Um, same price. And uh, then Evan Williams' bold pan with uh, Isabel Williams on board is an 8-1 to one shot. Chester, who do you like in the 210 at Newbury? Yeah, so it's a tricky race because nothing, bar the favourite, nothing really arrives in form. Um, so it's really hard to rule anything out or in massively. But I fell down on Champagne City. Um, he's run well twice on the flat since he's changed trainers to... Um, Ben Brookhouse, and he started his training career very well, actually. He had a winner at Leicester the other day. And um, so and his flat runs do suggest the ability is still there. Um, he goes on decent ground. He was always, he was a campaign formerly in the, early, in, the, in the spring and the summer. So he definitely will go on the ground. And Newbury has sort of been known to be very quick this year. Um, I think you know, there's a seven... He's taken... Um, Eddie Edge is taking seven pounds off, which is no, I think it's perfectly generous. And he's off his last winning mark um, of one two four. So yeah, there's it's hard to be enthusiastic about any of them really. Bar the favourite, um, I'm I'm a touch surprised he's not shorter really. But 
of the rest of them, I think Champagne City is, is the one to go for. And his best form comes on left-handed flat tracks, which of course he gets. And more importantly, he's 12 to 1. Happy days. Mark Milligan. No 12 to 1 shots here. I'm going with the favourite. <laughs> All right, back it up, back it up. <laughs> Look, I, I this is a similar a similar point in question to the last race in that I think Darginini has a little bit of a class edge in here. And that was a feather in the cap of Harry Derham because he got Darginini to do something that his uncle, Paul Nichols, couldn't do and actually win a race. Paul, mm-hmm. Paul Nichols had five attempts with him, had a second and a third. And uh, Harry gets him to win on just the second start. And he won that in really, really nice style. And that, in strict handicapping terms, was a better race than this one. He's actually taking a bit of a class drop here. If you look at it in actual ratings terms, yes, he's got to carry top weight. But again, he's a horse, I think, who's got a bit of a class edge on these. Yeah, he absolutely bolted up. At Utoxeter as well. So if he can continue that, yeah, move I was, forward. I was fairly, I, I was already quite keen on him, but I've been talked around to Dalganini as very much thought to be, and he's probably a big price that he's seven to two, I think. And actually, that's probably quite a big price, really. So would you still stick with your your selection of Champagne City, or would you now switch to to Harry Dermsworth? Um, I'll go with the next actor. There we go. That's a nice way of playing it. That's a nice way of playing Champagne it. Champagne City. Um, That's I, a way to do it. I, I'm very taken with your argument for Champagne City, but i got to say I'm, I'm down on the on the side of Mark Milligan here. I think Darganini's going to take that world a beating. Go on, Durham. Yeah. Go on, my son. Uh, and the last race, gentlemen, is the Bedfigger Greatwood Gold Cup Handicap Chase. Seven runners. Uh, Zanza is, does have the alternative of Kelso, but we know that this is the race he's going to go for. And Michael Nolan will be the man now on board Time Hill, which is terrific for him. Uh, and, and I think great loyalty from Philip Hobbs, and deserved as well for that matter, takes over with Tom O'Brien on the sidelines and get well soon to Tom O'Brien. Uh, that's brutal to be out now. 11-4 uh, to four for Zanza, who has run six times at the track and won five times. Uh, but something's got to give, because there's other horses in this race who've also got phenomenal records. Paint the Dream, for example, winner of this race last year, and very, very prominent in the betting uh, as well with Betak, uh, who do go outright favourite Zanza uh, as the 11-4 to 4 favourite currently, uh, just ahead of Paint the Dream at 3-1, to 1, Lord Bradley, uh, a 5-1 to 1 shot, Jimmerand, oh my God, Jimmerand, thank you. Finally, we got there. Is that the first time I've got a French pronunciation right after completely making a horlicks of it? Maybe. Jeez, how did I ever get an A in that subject? 11-2, to 2, um... 13 to 2 and uh, Espoir de Guy, just butcher the French pronunciations again. 14s for Paul Nichols on debut, first run after a wind up. But it's Paul Nichols. Why would we be surprised? Horses who absolutely love this track will go to war here, Chester. But who's going to come out on top? Or is it going to be another one from in behind from Zanza or Paint the Dream? Yeah, I sort of thought this was almost like two races. There's the high rated course specialist. Painting the Dream versus Zanza, and basically normal horses. Um, the Zanza and um, Painting the Dream, their records are so much better at Newby than anywhere else. Um, they've got very high marks, but I think they've earned them. They have earned them, obviously. You know, Zanza was very impressive last time, and Paint the Dream, he bolted up in this race last year, and he bolted up in Newbury in November. Um, and he's, he's, I think Painting the Dream has proved to be a very consistent horse now. He um he was fourth in the Melly Chase last year, um, and even his runs, even when he hasn't gone to Newbury, he has run nicely in the main. It's just um, Newbury sees him to the best effect. He handles good ground, um, so he would probably be my pick. I think the difference with him and Zanza, I think two miles four is very much his trip. Whereas I think with Zanza, he I think he improved for going up to three miles. So actually. I just think over two miles four, Paint the Dream just edges it. There's very little to choose between them. They've got remarkably similar profiles in a way. But of the two of them, I think Paint the Dream is the one to beat. I would agree with a lot of that, um, particularly the distance for Zanza. He's a very high-class racehorse, um, particularly at this course, and it may very well be that it just won't be a problem to him at all. But the trip is just nagging me, nagging slightly in, in the back of my mind. 
uh, and it was the reason why I would swing for Paint the Dream. But your, anal- your analogy that this is almost two different races, I thought was was really well said too, because I am going to go for a different horse. But before I say who and why, Mark Milligan, are you with one of the Newbury specialists or are you swinging for something else? Yeah, no, I thought Chester uh, summed it up nicely, to be honest. I had this race between Zanza and Pate the Dream. And yes, Zanza has got, he's got a cracking record at Newbury, but he's, he's a hard horse to trust for me. I just, his, his profile, okay, his profile away, largely away from Newbury is patchy. He's very good at Newbury, but I just, I, I couldn't, if a horse was going off favourite, who I don't have a hundred percent faith in, then there's no way I could tip him. And and Zanza's just not a horse that I trust. I think Paint the Dream is a really likable type. And if it comes down to a battle of wills between him and Zanza, I'm pretty sure Paint the Dream will outbattle him because I don't think Zanza's got the heart for any sort of fight. So it would be Paint the Dream for me. So Two votes for Paint the Dream. Um, I will complicate things by putting up a completely different horse. And maybe the best way to do this is a reverse forecast or box exacta on the day, to quote the great Barry Faulkner. Uh, but Jamarand is a very progressive chaser. He's jumped really well last time at Weatherby. A little bit too well at the last. He would have given his backers a very ner- nervous moment when he overjumped the final fence. But he dictated a good gallop. Never looked like being caught. There's a couple who'll keep him honest on the front end there, but he should be okay with the lead. His best form is on left-handed flat tracks. He's run seven times over this distance, winning twice, never been out of the places at this trip. He's won on good ground. And Venetia Williams, crucially, he has got a 26% strike rate at Newbury and won this race in 2014. I think he can at least fill the frame and possibly boost the paint the dream profits with the exactor or reverse forecast. Um, that would be my take. He's an 11 to 2 shot in the outright market, Charlie Deutsch on board. This brings us... It was funny, Jamron was the horse I came down on in the other race, in the in the normal horse race. I thought, um, no, Jamron was definitely the horse to come down on. He's, he won well last time and he was, he was, he's the, I think of him as, he's very much improving and he's a bit unexposed and um, his form this year has been good. He was, he um, beat our jet who's since won and he was beaten by certainly red who since won? So yeah, of the of the two of the second race, I thought Chevron was definitely the horse to to go for. That's what I like to hear, Chester. That's what we like to hear. Right, no pressure, lads, because now it's time for the best bets, and the best bets will play out as the BetDAC multiples. BetDAC have very kindly given us fifty pounds for the two lads, for both Mark and for Chester, to put on their multiples, their win only. Uh, last week, I had four winners. I only put one of them in the BetDAC multiple. One was a non-runner. And for some reason, I managed to talk myself out of backing Nuzret. Having mentioned the fact that I interviewed Daryl Jacob on this show and for TalkSport as well, and he specifically said, oh, I'm coming over to Ireland to do a piece of work on Nuzret. And I still managed to talk myself into Rare Middleton. But the any winnings that we get, and finally we will, uh, and I'm pretty bullish about this weekend, will go to the Injured Jockeys Fund. And that's all courtesy of BetDAC. Uh, find out more at BetDAC.com. So, Mark Milligan, who is your BetDAC multiple? Right. Bearing in mind that we, we've not done particularly well over the, the last few weeks of these multiples, I'm don't, gonna don't, try don't go on about it. Just, just... simple. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it simple because we need to get some money in for oh, the Injured Jockeys Fund. So I'm going to go for a double. First two races at Kelso, Sherlock Jack and McTeague. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's Mark's bet back multiple. Uh, Chester, no pressure. What's yours? Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple as well. I'm not going to go for outrageous long prices. I'm going to keep it, um, no, go for favourites. And I think I'm going to go for um, uh, Nemean Lion in the 225 at Kelso and Paint the Dream in the 245 at Newbury. I'm loving it, lads. I'm loving it. They will pay nicely. £50 sterling doubles on those horses will pay nicely. We're coming for you, Betdak. We are coming for you. Uh, Chester, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show today and very much looking forward to getting your insight again on the show in, in the future. Uh, you have been uh, a revelation, my friend, and 
I owe Lizzie Kelly extra shots of espresso and coffee because it was uh, it was Lizzie Lizzie's idea to approach you, and it was absolutely genius. And it's been a pleasure to be on. So no, very welcome. Looking forward to having you on again very very soon. And Mark, uh, your Cheltenham dates are on the way to you. Uh, and of course, looking forward to, to breaking down the Cheltenham Festival with you. Uh, but also, we'll have one more week of previewing racing, standard enough racing, before the epic contest of Cheltenham is on our scene. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to contain the excitement on next week's podcast, isn't it? But we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. We got the Imperial Cup, which, spoiler alert, Gavega wins, doing handstands. But... I'll justify that next week uh, on the show. And I always like taking a good old tilt and building up the Cheltenham Kitty at the Imperial Cup, as long as it doesn't then backfire spectacularly. Uh, that is it. Remember, if you would like to be involved in a Cheltenham Festival runner, allaboutsunday.com, watch House Cross. You will hear Henry de Bromhead talk about the horse's preparation, how he's getting on in a Cheltenham Countdown to Cheltenham Stable Tour special tomorrow with Henry. It's, he's an absolute gentleman. He did get emotional when I, I talked about the Jack Bromhead Bears Officer, but he's, he's a first class act. He is, and he's, so, he's such a lovely man to speak to. Um, we'd love to see him tear the place up again, and I hope he does. Uh, so that stable tour is available for you tomorrow. Also, Paul Ferguson and myself casting our eye over the Novice Hurdles for Cheltenham. Um, and Paul is back next week as we're going to cast our eye over the Novice Chasers and the Bumper. And we'll give you some handicap selections as well. We're recording that on Tuesday. It'll probably come out Tuesday night. Uh, so hopefully you'll enjoy that too. And loads more content on the way. Remember to hit the old like button, subscribe button, on whichever podcast app it is that you're listening to is on. And retweets on social media are much appreciated too. Be safe, be well, have a great weekend. Let's get the gravy as we go up and down the line to Kelso. Be safe, be well, God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today.